When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan. I'm Taylor. And Taylor, today we have our first mailbag of the 2021-2022 season. This is something we've done a handful of times over the past couple of years. I'm expecting we'll probably do it a couple more this season in particular, but it was really great getting to hear everybody's questions. We got a good good amount of them, which was nice. Nice little last minute push to there by everybody. So for anyone listening who sent in questions, thank you very, very much. We really appreciate it. And for anybody who did not send in questions, but knew that we were doing this, you are dead to us. So let's get right into it then. No, but if you didn't send in a question this time, though, really do it next time around because this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, Some really good questions in here, some interesting ones too, a little bit outside the box, outside of what we normally talk about or have been talking about lately, I should say. So do we want to just get right into it, Tay? Uh, Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Well, the first one uh, actually comes from a a friend of yours. Do you want to read this one off? Yes, on Twitter, Charlie Borges uh, asks, are you okay? Uh, Funny, (laughs) first of all, no. But funny, funny he should ask, uh, because we kind of both know. So we were supposed to record in person today and hang out after. Unfortunately, I was thinking of backing out anyway, because I got a little bit of the sniffles. And I thought, "Eh, it's probably just my allergies like I get every time this year, but why take the risk and, you know, maybe get Brendan sick before Thanksgiving. But then Brendan texted uh-huh. me to tell me what, what did Brendan tell me? Oh, uh, I tested positive for coronavirus and have been getting my ass kicked for the past 60 hours. Now uh, I am fully vaccinated and thank God that I am because I cannot even begin to imagine what this would feel like if I had no level of protection right now. I it's crazy. I, I Monday and Tuesday. So I tested positive Tuesday, um, Monday, even like kind of a little bit like towards the end of the weekend, I was feeling that eh. then Monday, you just I it, so I just got like flipped on my head pretty much like it felt like I had like a concussion, honestly, and I still to like a, a certain degree kind of still feel that but like Monday and Tuesday legitimately was just I felt foggy and just really out of it. I had body aches. Um, general sickly stuff with just like runny nose that would be nonstop. My sinuses felt like they were going crazy, just a ton of pressure in my head, but mostly it was, it legitimately did feel like I had like a concussion or something. Like it just did not, my head just was so off and I really didn't kind of know what to do. And it, you know, at first I was like, oh, is this just like my sinuses? And then it was like, no, there's no way. So Went to play it safe and got a test done and it came back positive. So obviously not ideal, but uh, yeah, to answer your question, uh, Charlie, that is a resounding no for the both of us. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't feel that bad, but you know, in general, I like to think of myself as not really okay. Um, normally, you know, I'm like a, like a member of our, my chemical romance and, and about 17, 18 years ago. Wow. I love that's the how, that's how I live my life. Oof. Um, you give so, off major My Chemical Romance vibes, Taylor. Definitely. Yeah, my hair is almost too long for that, though. And it's brown and not dyed pitch black. Well, I could dye it pitch black. And I could put on the makeup. You know, can we, ever, hair isn't can, too long. Can we do Maybe. something sometime where we do, like, if we get a certain number of, like, retweets, like, you'll allow me to do that? I, I don't know how to dye hair at all, but I'd love to try. 
I wouldn't do black probably. I would probably do something more light lifely, you know. Okay, like what? Like like a green, maybe a purple? Maybe I would do it green and gold. <laughs> uh, uh honor of our high school, our beloved alma mater. That's horrible. <laughs> no, maybe I'll do like purple or pink or something. I don't know. I have to think about it. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe someday. Um so we have a couple more questions. Do we want to just go off my tweet first and then go off the straight up Sabres account? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So here's a quick one. Have you played Halo Beta yet from um, Husaria on Twitter? Uh, I haven't. Have, have you? I haven't, actually. I really never was, like, super into Halo, to be honest. Like, I, like, I feel like everybody kind of had that phase with, like, you know, Xbox 360 when you were in, like, early high school or whatever, or, like, late elementary school junior high whatever but I, I really i just i never got into it especially like shooting games like that i mean the only one i really play is is star wars battlefront which is anybody who listens to this podcast is the least surprising thing ever um but yeah no i never really nah not i did not play that and i don't really play halo that much do you i mean what about you are you're not even much of a gamer though right no not really i have the original playstation but Hell so yeah. I remember Halo 2 came out in like 07, I want to say. At least it was big in like 07. And Mountain Dew did a thing that came out along with it called like Gamer Fuel, which is just like a orange pop slash energy drink oh, thing. Oh, I remember. I really liked it back then. I probably wouldn't enjoy it now. But I'm happy for the Halo people. They all seem very excited about this. Yeah. It like it's a, good for them. Good for the gamers. Thanks for the question, Husaria. Yes. Uh, next question. What would your goal song be? That is such a good question what would you have one of your own songs no i can't do that i already used one of my own songs as the intro and outro to this podcast <laughs> well that's just uh saving us money yeah that that's true that is very true no uh no, I, I don't think i would do one of my own songs i would probably do oh i think that having the sweet escape by gwen stefani and akon would get the people going i w- i personally have wished that that would be like the sabers goal song just like the chorus of it that would be people go nuts i feel like that would be a good one or god that is a really really tough one well, well what would yours be i'm not 100 percent sure but i think is some did someone on the team pick welcome to the good life or good life by kanye west yeah i think so actually that's a great choice because i might have done that maybe i should try to pick one that's not on the sabers um i actually really did like let me clear your throat before it was ruined by five years of them being terrible <laughs> it would have been really cool to have for like a playoff run at some i point. agree no it was that was cool i'm glad we both agree on that because that was like a legitimately great choice at the time it's just yeah you said it just miserable on ice play has uh very much tarnished that sorry dj cool we love you still though <laughs> we do I also I, I actually did like song two as a goal. Oh song. yeah. Song two was is a always one. a classic. Yeah, but I, I like this idea of having individualized goal songs. But yeah, you know, it's different because in baseball players get their own walk-up music, like the bisons all get their own walk-up music. Right. That that's a different vibe though. That's like I gotta go to work five versus I'm celebrating. Right. It'd be Not like if people point. had their own RBI or home run music. But yeah, I'm, you know, I just I had one in my head. I'm, who was I thinking of? Huh. I'm not sure now. You know what? Actually, Uh this. TikTok by Kesha. By Kesha? Ooh, okay. I like that. I would actually also... When you're in high school. Yeah, I mean, that would be, again, another one that would just get the people out of their seats. I even feel like like, I could probably think of a few Outkast songs that I think would be really good. I'm surprised that more pro sports... I mean, maybe they are, and I just don't realize it, but I feel like more pro sports teams should use Outkast for... Goal songs, home run songs, whatever. There's there's just so much to work with there. Give me something yeah. off the of AT Aliens, and I'm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That'll get me real hyped up. Anyway, what do we got next? So another question. That was from uh, Jeff Krikum. He also asked, uh, what would you like to see tried on the power play since we haven't scored one in four games? Obviously getting uh, Big Dick Vic. Victor Olsson back would be huge. Uh, but who knows when that will be actually, I have two answers to this question. My first answer is 
relating to who knows when Olsen will be back. This is actually a problem, and I'd like to talk about it next episode. The Sabres, yeah. uh, they really should be more clear about the severity of injuries because it makes it gives off the perception that they have no idea how to diagnose an injury, which I don't think is the case. I just think they just very secretive about this for no reason. And we'll talk about that next episode, I assume. Well, and the fact that they had to pretty much make Granado like the sacrificial lamb to answer a question about that on WGR, which like, don't get me wrong, rightfully so he should, but like, I have a hard time believing that Granado is the, would be the one who's keeping that at, like on the DL because that was no, a problem. It it's him. been a problem yeah. for, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's been a problem forever. So like, it, it just seems wrong that they kind of trotted him out there to do that. And there's no reason for it. I mean, what do you mean? Like to, in my mind, it's like, okay, if you give more of a, um, a rougher outlook, I guess we'll call it. And then a guy ends up coming back early. That's way better than saying, Oh, this person's day to day with a broken neck, not talking about anybody yeah. in particular with that, but you know what I mean? <laughs> or I mean, look, look at Tage a couple years ago, Tage comes up, plays one period in the 2019, 20 season. And he gets hurt, and they're like, "Well, Tage is day to day." And I'll be right back. Tage didn't play again for years. <laughs> he didn't play again for a literal year, though. I know, partially dude. because of COVID, obviously. But Insane. Still, it's ridiculous. So, regarding the power play, some people have suggested that the second power play has played better than the first power play of late. I have to agree. Uh, the first power play has not looked good at all, and weirdly, Dalene has been a problem. Now, these last few games, Dalene has actually played pretty well at even strength since he's been switched on to uh, pairing with Pezik, which huh. I think was kind of predictable. I wonder who talked about that early in the season. That's true. So us, sorry. So that's actually, that's good. It's good to be good at even strength. The thing was, he used to just be, even when he was having problems, he was a good power play guy. Now again, he's in his head there for some reason. So a lot of concern with Darlene, mm-hmm. but yeah, the not good at all on the power play of late. So if you're not just going to flip-flop the first and second power plays, another thing you could do is just move Dalene off. The problem is there's not an easy, there's not another obvious guy that's like, this guy could play the first power play. Risto, for all his faults, was a decent power play guy. Now it's like, Yoki Haru's obviously hurt. And who knows? Maybe he has his foot amputated for all we know. So you have like Robert Hag, you have Pezik, who's definitely a defense first guy. You have Will Butcher, who... Sometimes it doesn't even look like he belongs in the lineup. And you look at this team and it's like, who who makes sense to have as a guy that can play the first power play? I mean, there's a guy playing the first power play that is a property of the Sabres doing very well right now. Unfortunately, he's at the University of Michigan. So I guess I would just try someone besides Dalene. Other than that, it's just like, wait till Dalene stops uh, getting in his own head on the power play. I don't know. I say go five forwards. Do something. I mean, ah. it, I, I think they need to do something different. For one, the, the easy answer for this, I know, and, you know, he had mentioned once Vic gets back, but also like when Casey gets back too. Um, I mean, that's going to be very, very helpful, I think, to the power play. But I think they should just try and go five, got, five forwards and see what happens. Literally, you have nothing to lose. You know, yeah, maybe, like. Maybe throw Bryson. I would do Bryson, Bryson even Bryson. Actually, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I wouldn't mind that with Bryson. We'll be, he was, uh, I know, mentioned another question too, we'll be getting to, but I mean, it's just bad. Like they need Olafson back bad. And I think having Olafson kind of help mask that they didn't have Casey there. Cause I think that they really need him too. Um, but yeah, I would say, I mean, Bryson works, but I don't know. I'm kind of into the idea of getting weird and going with five. Yeah. I, uh, I'm done with that. I think I have one more question here. Oh, okay. So uh, we only have to be lucky once. There's my friend Yvonne at Dear God Why Ask Sports asks, are the goalies shit? Why haven't they been awful yet? That's a great question. Very good question. <laughs> I think the easiest way to put this is that uh, when everyone said a couple years ago that goalies are voodoo, uh, that might just be true. They are indeed <laughs> Because voodoo. we did a quiz on the last show where we went over some of the leading uh, stats guys goalie-wise in the NHL last episode and uh it's it almost reads to be completely random like yeah i mean i have no idea what to say about that now sometimes goalies are just bad like aaron dell terrible but if you take aaron dell's one game out of the equation for this season sabers have gotten good goaltending um but i'm looking right now at our our pal tokarski his season this year 
Dominic Tokarski. Yeah. He has a 920 save percentage. That's good. I like, know. Dude, he played, I, especially the last two wins, you know, you have to give him, if not the first star, the second star in, in these games. Like last night, he, well, Tuesday night, if you're listening, he had 45 saves on 46 shots against the Penguins. No joke, obviously. And a lot of those are point blank range. It wasn't a great, a very strong defensive effort, I didn't think, particularly in the third period. It was fine before the third. And then Friday night, the Sabres kind of parked the bus when they were up on Edmonton. And he just, he made every save he needed to make. And like I I've said a million times on here, he's an AHL guy. This is yeah. why I say that. Look, going back to 10 years ago, how many games he's played in the NHL by season, starting in 09-10? Two. No joke. Zero. I mean. Five. Zero. Three. 17. Six. One. Zero. 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 Thirteen. Eight. So it tells you he's, he hasn't really been an NHL goal and he's 33. He's having an unbelievable year. And then. He's not healthy right now, obviously, but Craig Anderson at the age of 41, four years after his last good season is also having a really strong year. So I don't really know what to say about that other than, you know, they are. It's, it's, yeah. Well, yes, it's a relatively small sample size, but I wouldn't even expected Tokarski to look this decent for this long. And Anderson kind of the same thing. Hopefully Anderson comes back at some point soon. I don't really know if we have an update on him at any point, uh, but yeah, I'd really rather never see Aaron Dell play in the NHL. Excuse me, um, Dell CEO Michael Dell play in the NHL again. Uh, brutal. He 100% lost them that game to Toronto, and they're not making the playoffs. It won't cost him a playoff spot or anything, but I love beating Toronto. I love that this, Toronto almost never wins in Buffalo, even though they're so much better than us now. And that was a game they absolutely should have either won or gotten a point out of, and it's 100% his fault they didn't. Agreed. Not, not happy about that. Is it an exaggeration also to say that Tokarski's performance against the Penguins is the best goaltending performance the Sabres have had in five years? Uh, probably not an exaggeration so much as I'd like to actually go back and look. I would have to dive but off the top of my head. I five years is probably, I mean, the last time I remember uh Sabres goalie. Well, I guess you'd have to look at the 2014, 15 season. Yeah. Unfortunately, when uh, a handful of fellows were annoying us by being good. Well, that's what I'm. That's what I mean, though. Like, up yeah. Until, right? Would that be or would that be only four seasons? No, that's it'd be seven five, seasons right? ago. No, it's seven. Oh, yeah, seven. Right. What am I? T- okay. Yeah. So that's <laughs> that's why I said five because I was thinking like the ridiculous like Neuverth and Enroth games. Oh man, um, our youth is fading as we speak. God, oh my. And Lindbach, don't forget Lindbach. Of course, Anders. My bad, bro. My bad. Yeah. So anyway, uh, also, I forgot to say this on Monday's episode when you asked about the arena and different things. So I didn't really have my thoughts together at the time. A couple of things. So like I said, that I didn't I didn't really think of anything game presentation wise that gotten better. I noticed that obviously there's not as many vendors there because there's not as many fans. There's not as many ushers. So that was kind of sad. But the main complaint I have is I didn't get draft beer, but two people I was with got draft beer and they let me taste it because I, you know, draft beer isn't, I'm not a picky guy. You know, I'm not a picky guy. I like PBR. I like cheap beer. That draft beer did not even taste like beer. It tasted like someone dipped a gym sock in dirty water. Oh my God. What was it almost it? tasted <clears throat> flat. What kind was it supposed to be? Either blue or Bud Light. Good God. Remember. It was unbelievably bad. And it was probably what, like 10 bucks? Yeah. Very expensive Jesus. and stunningly bad. Not good at all. So obviously I went with a candle of Bat Max Cherry, which I tell you there what you kind go. of standards I have and what kind of standards the Sabres apparently have. Goodness. Um, but yeah, that's uh that's my that sums up my thoughts on the arena. So those are all the tweets I have. Do you have any uh tweets from your end? Yeah, so we have uh let me just get back over to those and pull them up. Not my phone wants to be stupid, but that's okay. All right, Scott Bennett, a good friend of mine from back in college, he had tweeted at us and asked, what's the ceiling on Owen Power? I think this is a fair question. I mean, of course, Power was just taken first overall, and I think rightfully so. We should have high expectations. He's dominating in Michigan right now, as he should. Don't get me wrong. Like, he absolutely should. Being in his, you know, draft plus one year and being back in college, not many guys after they're taken first overall go back to college, but he did. It was the right move, no doubt about it. Um, but he is dominating. He already has more points this season through, I believe, 12 games than he had the entirety 
of last year of his uh his freshman campaign i i mean his i don't know like his ceiling is it's a top end in the league number one defenseman who is going to be able to quarterback your first power play unit he should be able to be playing on their top penalty killing units all situations defensemen i mean you know i don't think it's fair to throw out any like comparisons for other players who he may like project out to be i don't i don't know if that's necessarily like a a fair exercise especially for a defenseman because as we've learned with uh, our other number one overall pick of a defenseman you really cannot predict how it's going to go but given his i mean his skill set his size, what we've seen from him playing on like big stages too, between the world championships and the world juniors, we'll be able to see him playing in the world juniors coming up too in the new year. Um, yeah. All situations, number one defenseman, you know, hopefully I, I don't think it's too much to ask that a guy taken first overall is going to eventually end up being a top 10 defenseman in the NHL, but that's exactly what he should end up being. I say that again with a little knock on wood because that's exactly what we said about Darlene and he has not hit that yet now in his fourth season, but I feel confident. I mean, that power is going to end up being legit, like really, really good. So what do you think? Yeah, I agree. Uh, Maybe you look at maybe Ekblad as a comparison for him. Uh, Ekblad obviously played in the NHL at 18, Mm -hmm. so it's a little different, but. Well, and that was a, oh, sorry, go ahead. Because this year is encouraging, but it would be a lot more discouraging if he did, was not putting up impressive point totals in Michigan. It'd be a lot more, let's say, discouraging than this year is encouraging. But he's a first overall pick, great pedigree. There's no real complaints yet. Ceiling's interesting. It's an interesting concept for defensemen. And I think it's a lot harder to grasp at this point in the game than it is for forwards because there's, it's just so all over the place. Like, we've never really had someone that I can think of who is as highly touted as a forward as Darlene as a defenseman as has been this bad through his first four years. And I can't think of an example of that, for example, but there's a a bunch of other defensemen near the top of the draft that have really disappointed. There's, there's, you know, there's Ryan Murray to some extent, Eric Johnson. He didn't really play like a first overall pick. No. A bunch of guys like that at that level. There's a much more I could, you know, think of if I had all the drafts in front of me. And defensemen are just more all over the place. Like, for example, Kel McCarr went fourth overall. He would have gone first overall without a single second of questioning if the redraft was held today. Probably if the redraft was held a year after that draft or two years after that draft. Oh, yeah. Because his, all of a sudden, his ceiling was significantly higher than it had been before. And then there's other guys. You don't really see this as much with forwards either. Someone like Mark Giordano was a, just a pretty good defenseman. He was a late bloomer. And then, boom, before you know it, he's like an analytics darling who people are saying is the best NHL defenseman. And then eventually everyone has to come around and recognize that he's a Norris Trophy winner in his mid-30s. Yep. And maybe he's a Hall of Famer now. So you, you have guys like that that are late bloomers too. And you also have someone like Adam Fox, another highly touted guy, but if a redraft of that draft was held as well, that's he's someone that skyrocketing like, up the, the draft board. Exactly. If you would have asked in, you know, his just a month and a half or a month or so into his draft plus one year, what's his ceiling? Who knows? But now he's the Norris Trophy winner, reigning Norris guy. Right. Only in his second season, I believe, in the NHL. Well, last year was the second season, yeah. I should say. So yeah, so I think it's it's kind of all over the place, but yeah. I think there is a high upper limit for power. Agreed. And I mean, I would say, I think the Ackblad comparison is definitely a good one. I, I, you know, I know I just said, it's not always fair to do that, but Ackblad is that guy where he's just really good on both ends of the ice and he plays power play time. He gets penalty kill time. He puts up points. He's responsible in his own end. I mean, that's, and he's a big guy too. So similar to power, I, I if that is what, power ends up becoming and I remember somebody had brought up to like around draft time and I think we actually talked about this question on here it was like if you could be guaranteed that power becomes Ekblad without knowing what like Beneers or Eklund's ceiling would be would you still would you take power if you knew like he was going to be Aaron Ekblad and my answer to that is hell yes Absolutely. Yes, 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 I would. So if that's what he ends up as, then the Sabres did okay. 
very, very well. For sure, for sure. All right, let's keep talking about defensemen with this next one. Uh, another good friend of mine, Matt Sleds, he had asked us our opinion on the potential of Bryson. Do you think he has a chance to just explode over the next few years and be a big leader for this young D group? And he mentions obviously with Darlene power, Johnson and Samuelson also all in the, in the system as well. Um, I mean, where are you at with Bryson? I think that he's, he's kind of an interesting case right now. What, what are your thoughts on this question? I think he looks a lot better this year than he did last year, which is nice uh, to see someone uh, evolve after getting a, a feel for the competition. So Here's a fun thing. His birthday is tomorrow or today when you're listening to this, November 18th, he just turned 24 years old. Shout out. How about that? Good for, for good him. for Jacob Bryson. Happy birthday, bud. So as a 24 year old defenseman now, so let's see, I played 38 games last year. So that's about what I would have expected. He played majority of the season. And I think he didn't look as good when he wasn't playing with Borgen. I th- or was he playing with Borgen? I think he was playing with Borgen initially. But when he had to play with someone, uh, say like Risto or whatever, he didn't look as good. But this year he's looked, I think, significantly better. He looks confident. He's not like an offensive superstar, obviously. Uh, but he he looks confident with the puck at both ends. He just looks solid. And it's this is a really low bar to clear, but the Sabres don't really draft solid NHLers in the mid-rounds. Mm-hmm. So getting someone like him when they got him is it's pretty nice. And it, it makes the, the 2017 draft look a little bit better. 2017 or 2016, anyone? 2017, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, makes that draft look a little bit better uh, than it, than it did at the time. So Bryson. Yeah. I, I think he projects to be a middle of the lineup guy power. Like, like we said, we, we, we would like power to, show his potential to be a first or top pairing guy. Uh, but Darlene, it's really unclear what's going on with him right now. So that's, that's a question. And then Johnson and Samuelson, we really have no idea about, I, I know we saw some of Samuelson last year. I don't think a lot of people were very happy with how he looked, although he was young and he was getting thrown into a bad situation, but yeah, that's uh, what do you, what do you think of him so far? Well, I like him. I think that, Anytime you're getting defensemen in the organization who are good skaters and who generally have good hands, that's a good thing. Um, I think my biggest concern right now is, is he a guy that you are going to constantly have to, I guess, tailor his partner to, or he's going to have to, like his partner is going to essentially be what makes him. Um, You know, I, I think about like with, Yoki Haru and Marco Scandella, for example. I mean, Yoki Haru, I don't think has looked the same or nearly as good uh, since they lost or since they moved Scandella. And Scandella and him were a really good pairing. I think Yoki Haru still has potential and can still end up being good, but it was noticeably different, like the fall off from when he was with Scandella and then after they traded him. And I'm wondering if that's something that we might experience with Bryson too, with Colin Miller, because Colin Miller has definitely looked to be a calming presence, I guess, next to Bryson, because Bryson is, he can be a gunner. Like he can move. He's, he's got good feet, good speed. He makes really surprisingly patient decisions too. a lot of the times when he's like getting pressure in his own zone to be able to make the first outlet pass to get out of the zone. Um, I, I've noticed that several times this year that like his, it really, yeah, it just comes back to his patience. Like he doesn't really get phased when he gets attacked with the, when he has the puck on a stick, like he's able to stay calm and collected and still make a good move there. And I think that having that kind of calming presence next to him and Miller has helped. Um, so that's really what my, my main concern would be is like, is this a guy that you're going to just have to constantly be worried about who his partner is for him to tick or, is he able to just be on his own and no matter who you play him with, he's still going to be able to be a solid third pairing guy for you. I don't know necessarily if he's going to project any higher than that. And I would say given the Sabres current prospects and also just general makeup, I would be kind of worried if, you know, you need him to be more than just like a really good third pairing guy. But with that being said though, I mean, like I said, I think him with his, his skill set, his skating, he has the ability definitely to to pop off a bit. But, you know, you just said yourself, he's going to be turning 24 
And, you know, while he still is getting acclimated into the NHL, I don't know how much more he's going to be able to really blow up um, or, you know, how much more he can be other than what we already know him to be, which I still think could be like a really good third pairing defenseman. So I, I, like I said, I don't think he's going to end up, you know, just catapulting into being like a first pair guy who's going to put up 40, 50 points for you every year. But if he could be, it's kind of funny to put it like this, but like if he, if he could be what Colin Miller was in Las Vegas, where he's a third pairing guy who you get second power play minutes to, and maybe he puts up, you know, at, at a best case scenario, like 30 points for you, like a season. I mean, I think that would be just knocking it out of the park. Um, that's, that's what I would say my, my best case scenario for him is. I don't think he'll be any higher than a, a second pair guy when called upon. Um, definitely not a first pair guy, but yeah, like Colin Miller in Vegas, where third pair, second power play, racking up points, you know, 25, 30 points a year. I, I'd be ecstatic with that. And I think that that's not out of the realm of possibility either. For sure. Um, all right. Do we want to keep it rolling? Yep. Okay. So now taking it over to some of our questions that we had gotten on Instagram, we actually had somebody who had sent us two questions going by the handle. I'm this, maybe their name's Ethan E T H N T H M S couple questions. First talk about who's out of the lineup when middle talk Olafson and Yoki how you are back. Well, are they coming back? Well, <laughs> um, that's fair. That's fair. So my Hayden. first inclination, what's that? Hayden right off the bat from the forwards. Yeah. Well, my first inclination is to say that when all those guys are back, it's not all that likely that everyone will be healthy at the same time. True. Like it's, it's actually very unlikely. Um, and I don't want to say the NHL in general, but also, you know, how the Sabres have been the past few years. It's pretty unlikely that everyone will be healthy, but yeah. So Hayden will be out. And then let's think defensively uh, is butcher out. Yeah, I would definitely say so. So, so when Yoki Haru comes back, you mean? Yeah, so it's yeah. Yoki Haru. You would so you'd have Hag Yoki Haru as a third pairing, and then Pe- Pezik and Dalian up top, and then in the middle would be Miller and my uh, misses. Oh, Bryson. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, so yeah, he'd be out, and then the forward group there. I have to kind of sketch that out. Probably Drake. I'm, he would probably be out. Maybe he did, does he? So Hayden can go back down to Rochester. Correct. Obviously, doesn't need to clear waivers. And Casual could just be in the press box. Yeah, I guess. I mean, well, the other thing to keep in mind too is I wonder if because Tuck isn't supposed to be back until after January, like in, until the new year. What I'm wondering is by that point, are they starting to sell off guys? Like Hina Strohs is not going to be here after the deadline. I doubt. I mean. Eakin has looked better. Maybe there's an, a, a team that would take him as like a fourth line center for a late round pick. Um, I mean, right there, if you do that, that, that kind of covers you for what he was asking. Well, right? That's three forward spots right back opened up. The trade deadline is until March 21st though. Right. But I'm, I don't know when Tuck is exactly is supposed to be back, but like if they know he's going to be coming back and they don't want to put a guy through waivers, is that, something that they end up doing do they do they move on from somebody early i think it's the problem with those guys is they're not those guys are like the guys that go in the last hour because teams feel like they have to do something i think there's a lot of teams that are like let's go get Vinny henestrosia um but yeah so but i don't think they'll have to put anyone on waivers they just have whoever's playing poorly at the time uh, go to the press box. So that that's the other thing. It'll be dependent on what they look like at the time. Cody Eakin hasn't looked terrible this year, but what if he does? <laughs> what if he right. looks terrible next well, year? Well, that's what I mean. What if they can find a suitor for him and move him? <laughs> well, that, that's the other thing too, but I, I just don't think that's the kind of trade that gets made right now. I don't disagree. I, I don't disagree. I'm saying like if they were to go out and try and seek it and, and find somebody to, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, but I agree. With I, have, I have a hard time seeing that. I know. But again, yeah. though, the other thing you have to keep in mind is even though that's not necessarily the type of trade that gets made at that time, to your other point, you don't really know what other injuries are going to be popping up at that point for teams. And if somebody has a need that if a guy goes down for the rest of the year and they don't want to call up somebody from their farm team, then maybe that's there's an opportunity there. 
But again, I don't know how likely that would be. And I'm just kind of spitballing here, but I mean, those are the, at least those are the three names to me that would come out for, for talk middle stat and Olofsson. Yeah, that makes sense. And then the other question uh, is about uh, Prokhor Poltapov, second round pick for the Sabres this year, asking for the ETA for him for North American hockey. So I think no doubt these all of the Russians are still a few years off. Poltapov has definitely looked good so far in the early going since being drafted. Late last month, he was elevated to the KHL. So like, and he's putting up pretty good performances night in and night out. I actually was doing a little bit of research based on Curtis and the other prospect reporters over at the Charging Buffalo who put out great stuff and, and great coverage of, uh, of the Sabres prospects. And that was kind of echoing what they, what he had thought as well, that it, it's still a couple of years off and a couple of other points on along those lines too, with them. I mean, he should have a really good shot at making the world junior team for Russia this year. The same goes for Kisikov and for Novikov too. I think Novikov being a defenseman probably has a better chance just because Russia is really top heavy when it comes to four, like they have a lot of good young forwards there, potentially future Buffalo saver, Matev Mishkov. Um, but <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, I mean, if he, if, you know, you have a good showing at the world junior championships, that'll be great, but I still think it's a few years off. And I think even more than that, they're not going to bring over only one of them. I feel like they'll probably want to bring over two or three of them when whoever the first one is ready to come over just so that they're not coming over by themselves. So there's the other Russian who we took this year, whose name is escaping me right now. It's with an S and I'm totally blanking on it. I apologize everybody, but I I would probably, right. Yeah, I would probably think, though, when Poltapov comes, either Kisikov or, or Novikov will probably come with him, too, if not both, just because just to help them get acclimated over here. Is um, it you, uh, Steve N. Sardinian? Yes, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Do you have any anything further to add on that? No, I, I mean, the timeline, I think I kind of agree. Actually, that's a good point that they might want a couple of Russian fellows to come over together, you know, so that they're comfortable and, and not alone. Uh, but yeah, so looking at... Uh, the probable future for for Poltapov, who I th- Poltapov is, uh, I think he's most highly touted of those guys past the first round. I think yeah. he's doing well this year, and he's playing for for Dynamo, right, or Moscow? Yeah. C- or C- sorry, yeah, C- C- no, CKSA Moscow. C-K- yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Yes. So he's playing for Moscow, and so that'll be it's obviously a huge stage from the planet, especially if he can do well at World Juniors. So he does that, and he has a good year next year. I think he'd come over for the AHL probably in 23, 24 mm-hmm. and then see where that goes. See how quick he can get up to Buffalo. So that, that, that's what I imagine. That seems like a likely timeline. Sometimes guys that are playing in Russia seem to play like a, a year longer at home than guys who come from other uh, European countries. Maybe because he's playing in like a real league, like with yeah. real money. That's the second best league in the world, probably. But anyway, uh, I want to say before uh, before we go any further, let's talk about uh, the the league that uh, probably has the most talent in the world. Not probably, it does. The NHL season's underway, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just one dollar on any NHL game and win a hundred dollars in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However, they light the lamp, you win. If sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So, what do you got to do? You got to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network and throw down $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, so let's keep moving here. Uh, moving, continuing on Instagram, our next one comes from Jacob Foss eighteen, and Jacob asks, "How are you feeling about Darlene's season so far?" Well, 
not as good as I'd like to, Jacob. <laughs> yeah, not great, Bob. Um, so as we had kind of talked about before, I mean, huge expectations coming into this year for Darlene. And I know that given how young he is right now, he, that that's not pressure that he needs, but being a first overall pick, I'm sorry, but like, you need to be performing better than he has been. Um, him and Yoki, how are you? It felt like early on, like maybe it was going to work out. Then it really wasn't. Then Yoki, how you goes down, played it with butcher for, for a couple of games. The first game, it seemed like they actually worked out. Okay. And then from there, they just fell off. Yeah. But then they had to start playing real NHL teams. Exactly. And and then now he's playing with Pesic. And I think he definitely has been better with Pesic. Um, They played, a real good 40 minutes against Pittsburgh. And then the third period, them manned everybody else just completely fell off and it just, it was ugly. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think it's, <laughs> I, I don't think it's unfair to say that it's been, been very disappointing, you know, going into this season, you and I had talked about it. I was hoping 50 points, figuring out, you know, the, the struggles from last year under Kruger, I still think that it's in the early goings of this season. And as we've talked about it, it takes a lot of time to unlearn, you know, ideals that were getting drilled into your head for two years. And I think that, you know, we know how bad of a coach Kruger was, but it's, it's, it's been disheartening. We drafted him thinking that this was going to be a slam dunk number one defenseman, all situations, but especially offensively. And he has not been that he had a really great rookie year followed up with a, a, a decent enough second year. Obviously Housley was not great, but uh, you know, and then we know Kruger, as I had just said, it, it was bad. So it's not like he's been in exactly the best positions, but with that being said, it also comes to a certain point where it's like, you got to do this for yourself, man. And I really have not, not been impressed. And I, I don't think he's lived up to the very fair and understandable expectations that come with being a first overall pick. Oh yeah. That's, that's a hundred percent true. Uh, I almost, I have a hard time talking about Darlene and I think it's even harder than accepting Risto for some reason. And I, I think it's, maybe it's just, I can't, I don't think I can take another one of these. I don't know no. if I can do that. Oh no. Honestly, after all this time, like I, the, the cane trade being a flop, O'Reilly uh, losing O'Reilly the way that happened. Reinhardt and Eichel both not being savers. Eichel especially, frankly. The the way that whole era fell apart. I don't know if like Casey Middlestat sucked. Alex Nylander. Yes. Like <laughs> I can't. I don't know if I can do. Like the, you're like twisting the knife with every every progressive. Yeah, I don't know if I can do a defenseman McDavid not being a viable NHL defenseman. I just don't know if I can do that. Like the way. The way it went from winning the lottery in 2018 to what kind of prospect he was supposed to be to what we have right now, I don't think I could do that. I don't know if I can uh, get on board with any of that. It don't. It just. It's it. it I'm. I'm having trouble avoiding it. Obviously, I'm not lying to myself and saying he's doing great. But man, I am clinging to some some positives here. He had the highest expected goals last night on the team, which is nice. He's looked better with Pezic, but then all the negatives are right there at the same time. Boy, he sure did look terrible on the power play all night. Again, mm-hmm. I don't know what to say. Uh, hopefully, he keeps looking better with Pezic and starts playing like a normal person on the power play. Oh, other than that, I don't know. I don't know how much okay. I can deal with him being a bust. <laughs> it's 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 tough to even think of. I need a stiff drink just thinking about it. Yeah, because then what am I ever supposed to think of anyone? Like, how do you ever believe in anything at that point? If another thing like that at that scale goes wrong, like, what am I supposed to think of Owen Power? Or what if what if they do get Shane right, which at this point, it doesn't look like they will. Or what if whoever they get, how am I supposed to believe that Paterka is going to be good? How would I believe anything good is ever going to happen again? In life, more than just the Sabres. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) That goes back to the first question we were asked. Um, Yeah, it's. That would be it. Would be confident, confidence shattering. It, just furthering the the terrible confidence I have currently in the franchise. All right. Well, that seems like a really happy note to move on to the next question. <laughs> Mike May too asked, "Who do you see on the move for the Sabers, and who do you see as potential assets slash targets worth acquiring?" 
I'll start off on this one because uh, I, I put some thought into that. So on the move, guys, I would say I know I just talked about with his, you know, rapport with Bryson, but Miller, I mean, his contract is about to be up. Teams are going to be needing defensemen, especially when it comes down to it at the deadline. He's looked pretty solid this year overall. Again, I have some pause and I think there's something to be said. Like if, if he is a guy that really makes Bryson tick and they just kind of work together, maybe you consider it if you can get him to stick around, but I doubt that he would want to anyways. So move on from him. Um, and the other guys we talked about, Hina Stroza, I think, I mean, he's got to start scoring at some point. The dude's got to start putting the puck in the net more. Uh, Eakin, if it's a possibility to, again, for a team looking for a veteran center to play down the lineup, um, maybe Drake, I, I, I don't know. Uh, really, it's, I, there's nobody that I'm really that, concerned about them moving that i would be like oh my god no like they can't move them of obviously realistic guys i'm not saying you know that they're going to trade like power or something like that and that i wouldn't care but like of the guys on the roster right now that it would be like a question about them moving like i i don't think that there's anybody that i'm i'm that worried about losing in that sense um as I have far one as, guy. what's that i don't really want them to trade pizik that's a good point, actually. Pezek is a guy that I kind of already have penciled in as being on the team, like them re-signing and, and keeping around. So that's probably worth mentioning, though. Yeah, I do not want them to move Pesic at all. Yeah, I'd like him to stick around. Other than I'd like that, a nice two-year contract for him at the end of this season. Yeah, other than that, I mean, I would be into at the deadline getting, uh, and, you know, I assume they'll be quite a bit out of it by then. I guess we'll see. But if they are, I would like to offload Hag, Miller, yep. Anastrosia, and Eakin. Yep, definitely. So, and you maybe get a couple mid-round picks out of that. Which is fine. Whatever you yeah. can get for them at this point. Um, and then in terms of, you know, assets that they could maybe go after, they're definitely limited by the fact that they're not good. So it's kind of hard to gauge what they'd even want to go after, but the obvious answer to that is just generally speaking youth. So I think number one on the top of that list, and I know that we've talked about this a lot, but 2023 first, if you can get one, another one of those besides our own, that's huge. This is, I, I mean, they should be looking at 2023 the same way that teams were looking at 2015, where you have those two prizes at the top and just getting an extra lottery ticket to be in the conversation for it, I think is huge. Um, and that can be from any team, you know, like I, I would say it's tough because now everything is like top 10 protected when it comes to training first round picks, or there's always some sort of, of pick protection on that. But if you can somehow, I don't know how, but if they could even get some sort of, you know, top 10 protect or unprotected first, uh, for 2023, that would be just a gold mine to, to have, um, then uh, let's see. I mean, another thing too, with assets that they kind of already currently have and could potentially use, if you can take the two other uh, first rounders this year from Florida and from Vegas, and you move that up and get into the top 10 of the 2022 draft, I think that could be something that could be good. Um, I know that's kind of a not direct answer to the question, but I still think that, I mean, those are two assets that you can then turn flip into something that would be even better than, you know, if you can get a guy at seven rather than picking at like 18 and 24 or whatever it would be. Uh, and, you know, it'll take more obviously to get up into the top 10 if you wanted to do that. But I think that's something that they can look to. Uh, uh, and then in terms of like guys who they can actually look for, Dylan Strom comes to mind. So, you know, he's three years removed from 51 points in 58 games. He's two years removed from 38 points in 58 games. So if you're talking about a guy who is the potential, let's just say like in a best case scenario, he could be a, a 40 to 50 point second or third line center for you. You know, it's not like they have a whole lot of established center depth right now in the organization. So he interests me. Elliot Friedman today, actually, in 32 Thoughts, it said, quote, in prior trade talks, the Blackhawks were looking for a prospect or a draft pick in exchange for Strom. So, I mean, depending on what the pick is that they're looking at, like, are we talking like a third round pick here? I would probably do that. Um, you, you know, you know what you're getting with him. It's it's not necessarily like veteran in the sense that you're getting a guy who's like in their like early 30s, because I think Strom is 25, I'm pretty sure. 
But again, you have not even. No. Okay. Well, you have a guy who's got a proven track record, at least. Obviously, he's in, he's been inconsistent, but he's worth taking a flyer on, I think. I mean, you know, we're at the point now that this season is all about just giving guys looks and giving guys opportunities. And he seems like kind of the perfect piece to maybe go after, get for cheap, and then you get to play him in a, in a prominent role, first power play unit, top six role. See what you have there. And at the worst case scenario, you can flip him again because he's an RFA. Um, and then my pie in the sky one would be Tomas Hurdle. Uh, you know, the Sharks are in an okay spot right now in terms of being in the playoff punt, but it's early. And if history, recent history has taught us anything, it's that they are going to fall off. Granted, they don't have Martin Jones in goal anymore, but I don't know if Auden Hill and James Reimer are going to be able to keep this up and, and keep playing at such a high level for them. But it's tough because Hurdle's 28. I mean, he's going to be a UFA, so I have a hard time believing that he would want to come to Buffalo and, and sign here or re-sign here if they were to trade for him. But, I mean, that's just like a, a pie-in-the-sky kind of thing. Strom, I think, is a lot more realistic. And then even on top of that, too, on top of those two guys, I don't have anybody specific, but Vancouver, if they continue to keep trending in the direction they are, maybe they implode and they want to blow things up and you can try and get somebody from them. Um, like I said, I mean, they have some nice pieces there. I don't you know, know who specifically I would want to go for, I guess, because there's names that come to mind, but it's like, is that actually realistic? And the answer is probably not. So um, but that there's just like a team that I would keep an eye on. You know, they, if things keep going poorly for them and they need a shakeup, Maybe, maybe there's somebody that you can target. What, what about you, Taylor? Anybody uh, or any assets in general that you feel like you want the Sabres to go after? Well, actually, one that you mentioned I'm kind of wary of, which is Dylan Strom. Because basically, his career boils down to a stretch. Like, I think he played with Panarin and Kane and had 51 points in 58 games. It's almost a point a game. And then the rest of his career where he didn't do that. And is like a third of a point a game guy. He did 38 and 51 the following season though. I mean, that averages, like I said, if you can get a guy that's going to be able to put away 40 points for you. And again, right now it's like, what do you even have to lose? Like realistically, he's not going to cost a lot. Yeah. If he doesn't cost a lot, then, then fine. Well, of course. I mean, that, yeah. But yeah, we're going to, well, I mean, Yeah. 38 and 58 and then 17 and 40 and this year two and eight. Yeah. So that adds up to a hundred games. And it has been documented that coalition was not a fan of his. Like it is Colleton, by the way, I looked it up after our podcast. Whatever. Screw that guy. Well, Uh, he's dead now. So yeah, exactly. Don't worry about him. He's gone. True. Do you know who their new coach is? Oh, what is this dude's name? What is it? I don't know. Can you tell me? I don't know either. Oh, okay. Well, let me look it up actually. So, so it doesn't look like we don't know. Let's see here. Derek King is the interim head coach. Derek King. Well, good for him. I have no idea who that is. Anyway. So I, so the hockey hall of fame induction was this week. And I read a lot of content about that. Very interesting. Our boy, Jerome McGinley got inducted finally after 18 months of waiting. So well-deserved great career. He had uh, an incredible goal scorer and a terrible era for goal scoring multiple time, 50 goal guy. So Mm. many times did he have 30 goals, incredible amount of times, more than 600 goals total. One of the great scorers ever was one of the, let's say two best players in Calgary flames history. So, you know who he was drafted by? Who was he drafted by? Dallas. Dallas. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Isn't that wild, though? Very strange. Very, very I got to say, I don't like the trade for him. So he was drafted 11th overall by Dallas. I mean, and they were brand new. So they traded him with Corey Millen for the rights to Joe Newendike. So that's interesting, right? Wow. And New and I mean, they ended up winning a cup, so what do they care? But that, that's that's tough. That, that I guess that kind of makes up for Calgary giving up Brett Hall when he was like 21 years old. Who? Some guy. I don't know if I'm familiar. 
no longer the third leading scorer in NHL history. Nope. Now he's just fourth, like a a common <laughs> scrub. <laughs> Should we move on to the next one? We only got a couple yep. more to go. Yep. All right. Nate Wolf. He commented and asked, Skinner seems to be making some great plays and driving to the goal. The only problem is that he's having trouble finishing. Do you predict an uptick in points for him as the season continues? He just seems due for a goal. How would you judge Thompson and Darlene's performance so far this year? So first off on Skinner, I mean, we have seen an uptick in, in, uh, in production from him. Not that that's really saying a lot given how poorly last year went, but I mean, I would agree. I, I think you are going to end up seeing by the end of the year, a, a nice uptick in points from him. We know Skinner is, is a bit of a streaky scorer at times. Um, right now, I think he's at like what? Like nine points, I think, uh, give or take. I can double check that right now. He has nine. He does have nine. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, his pace that he's playing at right now, he's it's right around like a 50-point pace, actually, I think, or maybe like in between 45 and 50 um i think if he gets back to that if he puts up north of 45 points with this team i mean that's that's something at least to kind of hang on to and you know maybe once krebs comes up next year or um you know depending on if they do have shane wright or whoever you know they end up getting uh in the draft if they're picking like first or second or just in general you know we'll see who ends up being uh being the centers next year but I mean, I think that's definitely something to to build upon and be pretty happy about. Just that, like I said, given how horrible last year was for him. Yeah, for sure. He's taking more shots, which is good. Last year, he had 111 shots in 53 games. This year, he has 50 already in 15 games. So Excellent. So taking more shots by quite a bit. Here's the thing, though. So he shot... Like most guys, shooting percentage isn't consistent. He had a really good one as a rookie. So you might remember he scored 30 goals, shot 14%, the 9.5, 8.2, 12, 7.7, 10.9, 13.2, 8.7. That's when Carolina kind of sells low on him. Then he, for the Sabres, has a 14.9 shooting percentage. Career high, scores 40 goals. You might remember that season. Maybe. Even though he... Was ba- he took fewer shots than the year before when he scored 24 goals. Not sustainable. Whatever. The next year, he shoots 7.7. Last year, he shot 6.3. This year, he's shooting 10%. I'm not sure he's going to shoot better than 10% based on his career. Yeah. I mean, his career is only 10.7. I mean, that's whatever. If, if that leads to him putting up 20 goals, like – that's fine, which it very well can, especially with the volume of shooting that he's had, as you had said before. Yeah. Well, let me do some quick math here real quick. If he plays a full season, which he, he's normally a pretty healthy guy, mm-hmm. so I don't see why not. He's on pace for 27 goals right now. Hell yeah. Let's go. That'd be good. I mean, not good for his contract, but good for what we thought we had out of him. Yeah, that's um, fine. But, you know, there's also, I should add, our, our, our pal Chad DiDomenicus of Expected Buffalo did a thing last season where he looked at, is Jeff Skinner just losing his finishing touch a little bit? And I think that's definitely possible. I think he might be, you know, a little bit of a worse finisher than he was. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then Tage. I mean, we, we've talked about Tage a lot this year so far. Your boy, Tage Thompson. Uh, he's been great. He has, I think, been maybe the most pleasant surprise this year. I, I would say maybe aside from like Pesic, honestly, um, or it, probably even more so. Actually, what am I yeah, saying? Yeah, I'm not surprised by Pesic. You were. I was. A, I I would say I'm surprised that he's been like this good for Pesic. I always believed in him. I always did too, but you never know. I mean, he's like getting older. He's 28, 29 years old right now. Oh, he's, well, that's not old. Yeah, but you didn't know what you were going to get. You really That's didn't. Not and also we're playing young. in this defensive we're not course, old, come on. That, that defensive court. Oh, shut up. You know what I mean. Listen, <laughs> I'm not trying to come No, out. he's actually older than that, I think. I think he's 30 because I think he got drafted when we were in high school still. Anyway, but he here's the thing, though, with him. He was awesome last year for Dallas, and Dallas had a nightmare year, and his fancy stats are always there. Yeah. And I think Anthony even brought it up on the one show we did. Anthony also expected Buffalo that – Pezik had the best uh, advanced stats, quote unquote, uh, of any defenseman on 
the best defensive team in hockey last year by expected goals, the Dallas Stars. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like like the Dallas Stars, he can't really score goals. So they were a perfect match. But now he's on a team that can't score goals. So what's more perfect than that? Tage, to your point, Tage, very surprising. I didn't really think he belonged in the NHL before this year. And he looks like a different man at center. I wonder why that is. It's crazy. He, It's the added responsibility or something. But, I mean, even just – I feel like – I know that this is something that you can't really quantify, but I feel like Tage has like an additional burst in his skating. Um, There was a couple of instances, even in watching yesterday where like him skating up ice with the puck on his stick. It's like, dude, you were not skating like this before. Like you just, and it's more than just a speed thing. It's a, it's a confidence thing too, because one of the most infuriating parts of Tage's game really prior to this year was the fact that he would just try and get way too cute with the puck. You know, he has great hands undeniably. He has great hands. He's got a great shot, but he would get a little too cute with it. Whereas we'd be watching him and be like, dude, you are like eight feet tall skate through people, just bulldoze, like just drive, drive up the ice, drive up the walls, drive to the net. And it finally feels like this year we're really starting to see that where he's not trying to deke around guys. He's like, no, I have speed and I'm bigger than you. I'm going to just walk around you. And it's been great. Like it's working. So, I mean, yeah, I don't think that, you know, we're talking about a number one center here or anything like that, but when the Sabres are ready to ball, like compete and really like throw down, if he's our third line center, that's pretty good. Yeah, for sure. But again, we need to like get guys that are like first and second line players, you know, not just a bunch of third liners. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Any other thoughts on Tage and Skinner? Uh, not really. Tage. I'd actually, I'm kind of interested in Tage play center at some point, and get moved. Like, should he always have been playing center? Uh, he was drafted as one. Oh, I didn't, I didn't realize. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that makes perfect sense then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, a great place to end this. And, and just where I wanted to end our, our mailbag episode is with the the number one fan of Straight Up Sabres and also the person who I am the number one fan of, your brother, Torin Nigrelli, asking the tough questions, Taylor. <laughs> what happened to the Lost Chicken Sandwich episode? The people are asking. And Torin, let me tell you, Many people are asking this. They're coming up to me on the street, to the both of us. They're yeah. saying, where are our chicken sandwiches? We need to know. We need to know the rankings. I, th- these, these people are crying. They're coming up to me holding their babies and saying, I can't feed my child a chicken sandwich <laughs> until I know how these are properly ranked. I, I, I mean, granted, this is our fault that we didn't end up doing it, but I, I, don't, really know how to, I don't really know how to answer this question. Well, we're going to do it when there's a lull again. There will be a lull at some point, I assume. Maybe we do it like during the like Olympic times or the that's All-Star. That's true. There are two breaks this year, the that's Olympic break saying. and the All-Star break. That's so, yeah, that's we'll, maybe we'll do it then. And here's my idea is that we change it from our original idea and just do four local places. Ooh, way better. Way better. Yes. And there's a few I already have in mind probably going to be biased towards being in buffalo because we want to keep them hot <laughs> yeah. before we get before we get to one of our apartments to do this very true so you, who do you got i i mean mr sizzles i feel like we should definitely yes uh i know fatty has a chicken i've sandwich. heard that about fatty yes i haven't thought about the other two yet so but we'll maybe we'll take suggestions if you guys have any suggestions Ooh, bias towards buffalo and or honestly like kenmore tonawanda maybe amherst Places that we can like pick up all four of these pretty quickly. And yeah, keep, keep it in the hot. city. <laughs> Make yeah. it easy for us. Just keep it in the city as close yeah. as we can. <laughs> yeah, Brendan lives in the Elmwood Village. Yeah, you're right. The Elmwood Village, oh, right? Yeah. Right? yeah. Mm-hmm. It, the northern part of the Elmwood Village, I would say. Yeah. And so, yeah, anywhere else close to there, we got Sizzles. Fatty is downtown. Yeah, well, I we'll mean, do I, our I, research. Yeah, we'll, and we will we'll take recommendations. Yeah, Olympic break is in February. All star break is, I think, right after that. So, let's one do of it. those breaks, we'll, we'll do it. Well, everybody, thank you all so very much for sending in those questions. We really, really appreciate it. And like I said, we'll be doing another one of these. We'll probably give it a couple months, but this was great. Really appreciate everyone participating, it was a lot of fun. 
Um, again, coming off of a, a huge Sabres win, our Lord and Savior, Dustin Tokarski, putting up an unbelievable 45 save performance and putting the team on his back. Um, do you have any last thoughts, Taylor, before we sign off for the day? Um, I guess we should mention there's a couple games coming up. There uh, are. We'll, we'll have one more before. We'll probably not do one for Thanksgiving, I assume, an episode. So we'll, we have the Flames and Rangers coming up. So that should be interesting. I mean, we'll talk about them after, but the Rangers have been actually pretty good this year, and they're a really good defensive team. Defensive and goaltending, no surprise with Daryl Sutter. And the Rangers have a really good record, but not really good underlyings. And their goal differential is even, even though they're 10 and three. So I think they're, they're bound to regress at some point. Yep. Um, yeah. So that's, that's pretty much it. Also, we should talk about next week. The Sabres have a better record than the Penguins. We'll see if that's still true. Actually, this crossed. has got to be the latest in the season that's happened in a while. I mean, maybe except for the 10 game win streak here. I'll have to look into that. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Do you have a random former Sabres player of the episode and or a recommendation? Oh, God. Um, who do I want to do for the... I'm going to go Dimitri Kalinin for my random Sabres player. Um, and then my... What's my recommendation? Um, my recommendation is that you and I get our tickets to see Spider-Man next weekend. They go on Is sale next weekend? Week. No, they go on sale next weekend. Oh, I was going to say, no, I was pretty sure it was December because no, 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 I that's thought it was yeah. this. Well, here's an interesting question for all these, all the box office buffs out there. What does it come out? The 17th? Yeah. Okay. So it's going to be in theaters for 15 days across America. Is it going to be the highest grossing movie of 2021? That would be crazy. And I bet it is. I, I wonder if it'll be close because I think it's, it would just be really weird if Shang-Chi was the most highest grossing movie of this year after we already talked about this. The, the highest grossing movie of last year is bad boys for life. That would be like a weird one too, even with COVID mm-hmm. because movies have been open for like seven months of this year. So you would think uh, something else would be Spider-Man would be, but you know, it cuts off. It depends how you look at it, but I cut it off December 31st. Otherwise you're talking about next year. All right. So I think it probably, it has a good look at it. I mean, Shang-Chi made 220 something million. So Spider-Man would have to make, I assume Shang-Chi isn't making any more money or any serious money at this point. So Spider-Man would have to make like 150 million in its opening and then also have a really strong second week right into New Year's. I think it's possible. I mean, there's a lot of really high grossing movies at that time of year. So, mm-hmm. and, and it's a really low bar. No, I mean, uh, what's it called? Venom just became the second movie this year to gross 200 million. It doesn't really look like Eternals has the juice to do that. So yeah. it's going to be like either two or three the whole year. Yeah. I don't know if anything's going to pass bad boys for life. It's just crazy. Everyone go back go to the Smith movies. And Martin Lawrence, man. Everyone go see licorice pizza. That's my recommendation. I didn't see it yet, but I like the trailer. I can't wait. Uh, so that's my recommendation. A movie I didn't see. My random savers player is Jeff Sanderson. Oh, all right. Well, there we go. All right, everybody. Well, thank you all very much for tuning into this episode of straight up sabers presented by the hockey podcast network and the charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both the hockey podcast network and the charging Buffalo on their respective websites and social media platforms as well. And make sure you're following us too on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at straight up sabers on Twitter at straight sabers. There you can also find mine and Taylor's personal handles as well. We'll be back with a new episode on Monday. And also in the meantime, make sure you're also checking out DraftKings and using promo code THPN at checkout. Have a great rest of your weekend, a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. 